In May of 1862, President Abraham Lincoln signed the Homestead Act into law. It allowed any American, including freed slaves, to head west and claim up to 160 acres of federal land for free. The only hitch was the settlers had to build a home and farm the land within five years, a requirement that was probably a lot easier if the claim had water nearby. But even then, the farmer would have to get that water onto his fields to grow crops. Basically, during the Homestead Act, the way they got water to the fields that they were farming is by cutting ditches that divert off streams and rivers. That's Tyler Snyder, who ranches outside of Yampa, Colorado, in the northwest part of the state. His acres are part of an old homestead where early farmers grew potatoes, had lettuce and strawberries by flooding meadows with that diverted water. He's pretty impressed that those early settlers dug ditches in these rocky conditions using only picks and mules pulling plows, partly because he recently spent months digging miles of trench himself. The biggest thing for us was sorting out the rocks because you don't want to have rocks sitting against your pipe. So we had to screen all the rocks and that was the most time consuming. More than a century later, Snyder has installed pipelines on his property that move water differently than those historic ditches, a move that will save time, labor, and money, plus conserve the water itself. That whooshing sound you hear is water starting to flow through a pipe to a center pivot out on one of his fields. A center pivot is a way of irrigating that makes those big green circles you see from airplanes. Water comes up in the middle of a field and motorized wheels move a long arm with sprinklers around in a circle. But this isn't any ordinary center pivot. This is a hydromechanical um, center pivot. Hydromechanical, meaning it's powered by moving water. No diesel or electricity to make it work, just gravity. The pressure that builds as the water is piped down the hillside is great enough to spin a turbine which provides energy for the hydraulic motors. As the pivot pressure rises, water starts to spray out of nozzles strung along the long arm that stretches over a quarter of a mile out into his field, putting the droplets exactly where they need to go. When you're flood irrigating, you're only using about 30 to 40 percent of the water in order to grow the same quality crop as you do with an efficiencies project that uses all the water that you put on it doesn't run off. He says when he was flood irrigating, the water would collect at the bottom of his fields, often leaving the top land burnt and dry. That moving water would also lead to erosion. When you run water down a ditch, especially if you have steep hillsides as we do here, you can um, cause quite a bit of damage and eventually you're going to have to send water down faster than it should go mm -hmm. to get to different areas. And so then that causes gouges and um, Nothing that can't be fixed, but for a rancher, it's not a priority to go fix it because once the wash is there, it's there. So by switching to the center pivot, he's not only irrigating his fields more efficiently, he's been able to spread it across more land. He was flood irrigating 300 acres, but now... Now we've spread it out across 500 acres for us. Yeah. That way we're making most efficient use of the reservoir water that we have. That's an endorsement Sam Anderson likes to hear. He's an energy specialist for the Colorado Department of Agriculture, and through a program called Acre 3, he helped Snyder get the funding he needed to install his system. Acre 3 stands for Advancing Colorado's Renewable Energy and Energy Efficiency. And it's a, an energy grants program that provides funding for farmers and agricultural producers to install 
different types of renewable energy systems or energy efficiency projects and take advantage of the energy resources that they already own as part of their land. Resources they already own means, quite literally, falling water. Water drops nearly 380 feet from the top of Snyder's property to his fields, and that's a lot of hydropower if harnessed. Most of us hear hydropower and think Hoover Dam with its huge concrete wall, big intake towers, and torrents of water. But with micro-hydro, like what Snyder is doing, a farmer can capture the power of water with just a fraction of that. We're not building any kinds of reservoirs or dams and we're only using existing conduits or waterways and then taking advantage of the hydropower resource that's already there. One of those existing hydropower resources is the numerous irrigation ditches and canals crisscrossing the state. But Snyder's ranch is in the mountains. Could a farmer down on the flat eastern plains do microhydro too? Jim Park of Kersey, Colorado did. So we're just using this water for maybe two or three minutes as it goes down the hill and through the turbine and then it lands in the same place at the bottom. Park has an old homestead that's been in his family for generations and we're standing next to a ditch that runs parallel to his field. It's pretty flat out here but the 25 foot drop on his property is actually enough to generate electricity. The trick to this is concentrating water in a pipe. It goes into a pipeline and then that turbine down there has some uh, movable gates on it that either open or close and that determines how much water goes through the turbine. So if you close that down, it's going to stack the water up. Stacking water in a pipe builds up pressure that can turn a turbine. But unlike Snyder, who used hydraulic power to run his center pivot, Park is actually generating electricity and sending it to the grid, the same way you would if you had solar panels on your house. This is kind of like Hoover Dam, only a lot smaller. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's the secret of all hydro. Is the higher you can the higher you can stack that water up, the more power you can generate. Last year, he generated about 10,000 kilowatts a month, nearly enough electricity to offset the cost of running his center pivot. For reference, a typical home will use around 12,000 kilowatts per year. And and the nice thing about hydro, it works day or night, works whether the wind blows or the wind doesn't blow. And while it's true that water moves whether the sun is shining or the wind is blowing, there's an interesting and perhaps ironic twist about Jim Park's hydroelectric system. The only reason I really have done this is because of oil and gas. The deal up there across the highway is, is on our land and there's like four horizontal wells and I really wouldn't have done it had that not been the case. Yes, fossil fuels paid for renewable energy. For H2O Radio, I'm Franny Halprin. H2O Radio's series, The Dirt, is underwritten by the One World, One Water Center, a collaboration between Metropolitan State University of Denver and Denver Botanic Gardens to raise awareness of water and the environment through water stewardship.